you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. This episode of Cruise Radio Rewind is a review of Royal Caribbean's Ovation of the Seas. This was a ship that was based in Asia, and then in 2019 and 2020, they decided to put the ship in Alaska, and it's been super popular. More on that in a second, though, because if you just got off of a cruise... Or if you're coming up on one and you would like to hear a review of that ship, drop me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. I'll do my best to either move that review to the top of the stack. I'll try. I can't promise you anything. Or if I don't have that review, I'll find someone who has been on the ship, interview them, and put it in the queue. And that's where this interview comes in because Scott just returned from Ovation of the Seas. And here's the interview we did. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you today, Doug? Good, man. Thank you so much for uh, calling in and sharing this review. I've been getting a lot of requests for Ovation of the Seas, and you are pulling it through, Scott. So uh, I appreciate this time you're giving me this evening. So we're going to get uh, started right from the beginning. Before we get to the ship itself, we'll take a step back like we always do. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this cruise on Ovation of the Seas in Alaska? Yeah, for us, uh, Alaska is our favorite uh, destination, and uh, it was uh, our uh, 30th anniversary, my wife and I, and we have some kids as well, and and some friends are going along, and so we just something that uh, I wanted to, I loved uh, taking friends to go there, uh, and when we heard about uh, Ovation of the Seas, you know, the biggest ship the Royal Caribbean's ever put uh, into Alaska was going to be coming over from Asia to do it. Um, I, I hopped all right on it, and uh, we booked it uh, uh, the first day that the uh, cruises were available for that sailing. Did you find that when you booked it right out of the gate like that, that it was a little bit cheaper? Yeah, we. I mean, we. We'll, we'll talk about it. But we we booked a suite, and I watched prices all the time, and uh, uh, and it never went down, especially Alaska. You know, if the, the sooner the advice that people give, the sooner you. Uh, book the better off you're going to be you might get lucky but it's rare and so for us it was definitely the cheapest that we could have gotten for the cabin that we wanted you're down in the tampa area and you made your way to the northwest um where was that seattle round trip out of seattle okay very good uh did you do any pre-cruise time in seattle we did uh cruise left on friday we flew in on wednesday so wednesday was just kind of get in in the evening uh so thursday we spent the day kind of playing tourist around uh uh, Seattle, uh, you know, see the Space Needle, the museum. Um, uh, we went up in a, a different tall building. Uh, there's a, a skyscraper that's downtown Seattle. I forget what it's called. Uh, sorry. Um, it's a little bit taller than uh, the Space Needle. We went up in that to see, you know, the Space Needle's kind of crowded. So we we went by there, but uh, we went down to the wharf and saw some of the fishing stuff and uh, had a really nice day in uh, getting kind of used to the West Coast time and enjoying some really nice weather in Seattle. Was that the Smith Tower? Was that what it's called? Oh, no, it's not Smith. No. <laughs> uh, so for some reason that rings a bell, but I could be totally uh, off base here as well. So we'll go right to embarkation. You make your way to the cruise terminal. How was embarkation aboard Ovation? It was really good. There's There's been a lot of confusion about some of the you know, people. You know, Seattle's not a primary you know, cruise port like the Caribbean. At, and so there was a lot of people, different opinions of it. Uh, but once we got, you know, we took a shuttle service from our hotel. We were staying in a hotel in downtown Seattle, and uh, we they partner with a shuttle company. Uh, the advantage of a shuttle company over Uber, the shuttle company basically takes you right to the to the um, the entrance uh, where they drop off and collect your bags, whereas Uber has to park 
you know, not too far, about a quarter mile, uh, uh, not, maybe that's probably too far, but a little bit of ways is where Uber drivers have to park, and you have to manually bring your luggage in from there with you know, not too bad of a walk. And so the shuttle service was more advantageous for us. Um, and we were we were traveling with a party of nine, so nine people, lots of luggage, and and uh, it worked out really good. Uh, once we got there, uh, they they've got it organized pretty good uh, as far as which entrance to go into, as far as different suite levels or crown and anchor levels. Uh, but it, we flew right through uh, uh, check in and, and we're on board very quickly. So if I understand what you're saying, um, if you take an Uber to Pier 91, uh, I believe yep. it is you. You have to. They don't actually drop you off right in front of the terminal. Only the shuttle does that. Yeah, it's kind of basically at the end. It, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. the, there's a big the, the piers. Don't you imagine the pier and the T, and the the T is the road that the shuttle come up to the pier uh, to drop off, and and so they're basically at the end of the T. Uh, where the Uber drivers are, are, are directed away from, and they swing in there, drop off passengers, and you basically have to walk down uh, a, a path to get to the ship, and you have to carry your luggage. There's no porters. I didn't see any uh, porters out there when we drove by, uh, but if you don't have a lot of luggage, and we had, uh, you know, like I said, <laughs> way too much luggage, so we, we needed to be dropped off right there, so... Does Royal Caribbean use the like the fast pass or automated, you know, kind of just scan the barcode from here to here to here, or is it more of a regular check-in process? That's a good question. I, I assume, you know, because I've cruised out of Miami with the new port and, and all that's going on there, and since I, you know, not hearing and not knowing what had gone in Seattle, I assume no. But we got there. Uh, if you had taken your picture ahead of time and done all your pre pre-cruise stuff it would have been you know uh, scan a barcode and 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 go off the paper uh the only thing that they weren't doing uh at the seattle port that like they do in miami where you can just you know you can actually have the your set sale pass on your phone uh that's the only thing they they still needed the paper print out there but everything else uh, if you had your picture taken uh you streamlined through in fact uh I didn't do it because I didn't think we did it. And friends of ours who were um, who were with us, uh, they went in a different line and uh, almost went faster than us, and, and we were in a priority line so because they were taking time taking pictures. You might have already said this. From curb to ship, how long was that? Probably 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, not bad. So you make your way on board Ovation. What were your first impressions? I'd never been on the class uh, with Royal Cruise on most of all the other ships, not a couple of the real small ones. I was really impressed with it. You're so used to the Royal Promenade, and you hear that Ovation or that class doesn't really have it, but uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's it, it's not a big huge Royal Promenade, but it's a nice open area. And uh, as soon as it got on, you, you know, felt good, and it was fun to jump on a cruise ship that we hadn't been on before and to to figure it out. So that that was really enjoyable, and and it was also obviously good to see some friends of ours who had never cruised before who were with us, you know, experience. Uh, uh, you know, getting on, and uh, uh, the first thing we did was we went to uh, the ship is known for the area called 270, mm-hmm. and we went back there because there's something new that I'd never been into. That's the first place we went and saw and and started our day. So, since you've been on pretty much all of Royal Caribbean's ships outside of this class, um, this is a quantum class, right? Correct. Okay. Um, what class would you compare it to, or what class would you say it was most like? Ooh, good question. 
it's a mixture of freedom and oasis. If you were to kind of mix those two together, you know, where freedom's royal promenade's not as big as Oasis's is, but it's nice and quaint, and and so you had that small quaintness to it. Um, but yet, what Oasis offers is a lot of things to do with you know flow riders and zip lines. Ovation has you know I fly and, and other things to do. So. So to me, that's the blend that they were doing there to keep the intimacy that the smaller ships have, but yet offer a lot of different options for entertainment and things to do that the big ships do. Cool. So you mentioned earlier that you booked a suite. So what kind of suite did you book and what did you think of it? Uh, We booked a a grand suite, uh, which is kind of the first uh, full suite level uh, class. And the Royal Caribbean has different uh, suite level classes and and uh, the Grand Suite is the lowest level in in their uh, what they call their Sky Class uh, that gives you full suite benefits. Uh, we loved it a lot. Uh, we've been in uh, uh, the Grand Suites in uh, the Oasis Class, and so it was interesting to see how they did it differently. In some cases, that uh, we liked the differences, and in some cases. Uh, you know, we thought that there were some things that they could have, you know, that we liked better on Oasis Class Grand Suites. How many of you were staying in the suite? There was just the four of us, okay. myself, my wife, and my two girls. Our friends were in a obstructive view balcony, and then my father, uh, he was traveling by himself, and he got a, one of the studio, you know, one-person mm-hmm. balconies yeah. is, is what he got. Okay. As far as the room layout and space and, like, you know, enough USB ports for all the chargeables, how was that for you? Chargeables, electronics was really good. No problems there. Uh, it's it's a very wide cabin, so that, that was good. Storage-wise was one area where we thought the Oasis class was better than this class. Uh, there was, we seemed to... Uh, lack some places to put some stuff. Uh, one of the cabinets, you, you, the, everything had to hang in there at an angle because it wasn't a full depth uh, cabinet. There were just some strange things that were there, so we kind of found there was less places to put stuff than what we would have in the same uh, Grand Suite uh, on uh, on an Oasis class ship. Mm-hmm. And then the the Oasis class kind of has an area that it's I, I call it a kitchenette. It's not the right term for it, but you kind of come into it and it's got a, the kit, the refrigerator's there, and then there's like a a little island pedestal bar area. Uh, so you kind of it's kind of a landing area when you come in. Uh, this ship you had a really small area of that, so we were trying to figure out well, where did all the room go and all the stuff go because we thought they'd be about the same size. So it felt a little bit just just felt different. Um, but we certainly loved the sweet class, and there was not really a complaint that we wouldn't do it again. It just was different. Let's talk about the dining for this seven night cruise. Now, Royal Caribbean introduced the. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a three, is it called dynamic dining, a three dining room concept? When the class was launched, they introduced dynamic dining, but dynamic dining was uh, not a success okay. uh, for Royal Caribbean. So they basically abandoned uh, the concept and, and converted everything back to either your early seating, late seating, traditional dining. And then they also uh, have a couple of the dining rooms where they use for uh, what my time or anytime dining. Royal Caribbean calls it my time dining. Other, you know, call it anytime. So it's just pretty much either my time dining or traditional dining. 
there and, and then just break it up into the different room, the dining rooms that they had built uh, under the dynamic dining concept. And how was the service and food in those dining rooms? Not super good. I think the, probably luck of the draw a lot of times. Um, you know, we had chose, decided to do some my time dining so we could have some, I think the early seating started like five, which we thought was a little bit too early. Uh, so we wanted to be able to do that. Plus the port days when we get to those discussions are later. So we wanted to be able to eat later on port days. So, but because we were a group party of nine, you know, they were, there's not a lot of tables set up. So we ended up getting the same table a lot of times. Uh, the servers weren't that great. Uh, we had some several problems with the uh, with the server and and either remembering what to do or just we couldn't really figure out where there was a disconnect. Uh, uh, we had to uh, escalate a couple of the issues to the maitre d and and they took care of it, which they do a very good job. You you hate to have to bring stuff up. That's kind of the the kind of the service was there in the dining room that we didn't really like food wise uh normal quality i kind of thought that the menu options in the in the, what basically in the main dining you know were limited compared to what we would traditionally have seen on an oasis class in the main dining room where the menu seemed to vary better from one day to the next there didn't seem to be a lot of variations they always have the traditional stuff but you know, but the food was good. I'm not a I'm not a big foodie, so I didn't find any issues with the quality of food. I just thought that the options were um, were were limited. Since you were in a suite, did you get to dine at the Coastal Kitchen? We did, and you know it's a little bit difficult uh, when you're with friends that aren't in a suite, and you you know they're not allowed in the in Coastal Kitchen. You know, understandably, so uh, we had uh, breakfast pretty much every day in Coastal Kitchen. Um, we hadn't done that as a normal thing, but we tried it out, and it just worked out really well. Love the service. Our kids really love the service. It's in a great location, great view. So and it just kind of took the hecticness of uh, Windjammer Buffet you know, out of the mix, and you can pretty much – we were able to get anything we wanted. Uh, my wife's a big uh, um, Eggs Benedict person, so she was able to get that pretty much every day. And, and whenever the girls want, which were super picky – um, they were able to get that. So we loved Coastal Kitchen. Uh, we had uh, dinner in Coastal Kitchen uh, one night. Uh, they were gracious enough to allow our full party to have one meal in there as a celebration of our anniversary and my daughter's sixth birthday. So uh, so we got to enjoy dinner in there, and, and it was just outstanding. Uh, you know, when we do it on Oasis, when it's just us, we eat in Coastal Kitchen every night. We just absolutely love it. It's the best experience. Uh, for uh, uh, you know, uh, not an upcharge type of dining yeah. experience like on a cruise. How was the Windjammer Marketplace? Uh, not too bad. Uh, like I said earlier, it's a new class, so the Windjammer was organized different than what we had been traditionally used to. So it took a little bit to figure out where stuff's at, and then once you do that, uh, you know, I, I like some things, uh, uh, but generally for me as a uh, there's not a lot of things that I, I enjoy, but I, uh, I found it to be sufficient enough for buffet-type food. I had breakfast in there once, I think, the first day, and then we moved to Coastal Kitchen, uh, lunch a couple of times, uh, and we never ate dinner in there. Did you do any specialty dining outside of like the Coastal Kitchen and uh, the main dining room? Uh, we did not. Uh, your, uh, this ship had uh, Jamie's Italian. It had uh, the traditional Chops Grill 
which we wish we would have done, and we were thinking about it as a last minute. It has a Wonderland, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a unique uh, food and uh, you know dining experience. But we didn't get a chance. That we've done them all on previous classes. Okay. Uh, but uh, the friends of ours and family just kind of you know, decided to stick with the traditional dining offerings and not do any four feed uh, dining on this cruise. Any uh, any pizza or hot dogs? Sorrento's is a pizza place, and I forget the name of the hot dog place. I thought the hot dog place was outstanding. It's located uh, right near the the sports deck and the pool area. I thought they did a really good job with there. The pizza's down in the – I'm going to always call it Royal Promenade. I forget what Ovation Class calls it, but it's basically down in the area where there's a shopping district. I thought they did a good job of a lot of variety of stuff there and found the pizza to be very good. Uh, The only – for free type of thing to, because this ship has traditionally been sailing over in the Asia uh, market, they had a, a place on the pool deck, which they, I think they called it the noodle station. And there was a lot of rumors before what they were going to do with that place when it was going to come over to the U.S. One of the early rumors was it was going to get converted to a Johnny Rockets. Uh, but they converted it to a, um, a fish and chips kind of place, and I think they called it... Uh, Fish and ships, I think you okay. would, <laughs> that type of thing. And it's a mixture of the fish and chips are for free, but if you wanted, like, uh, uh, shrimp and chips, you had, there's an upcharge. So they have a couple of upcharge items and then a couple of, uh, of you know, no-charge items. Okay. Um, I only ate there once. I tried the fish and chips. I uh, thought they were very good. The fish was pretty good. A little bit of too much batter, in my opinion, but still was the, the fish was very good. And then I also paid for the shrimp and chips, and the shrimp was, was uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say, was not very good at all. Yeah. It was very bland-tasted. It didn't really uh, appeal to, to anything, so I wasn't really wild with the fact that the upcharge <laughs> um, didn't, didn't, didn't bring any extra value, in my opinion. What kind of upcharge was it? If I said five bucks, I'm probably off by maybe 50 cents here or there, but okay. it was definitely less than five. Okay, fair enough. Uh, how was the entertainment on this seven-night cruise? I thought it was good. Um, the big thing to do at, uh, is the 270 has a show called Pixels, uh, which is a pretty fun, entertaining show that takes advantage of uh, the technology that they use in the 270 lounge plus the different stages and some really – uh, audience engaging kind of uh, you know uh, singing type of show. It's not a Broadway show like the Oasis Class is known for. You know, so it's a it's a kind of unique uh, entertainment show. So we did that. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, we saw a comedian one night. He was pretty good in the in the main theater. And then we saw a singer entertainer in the main theater. You know, so and we missed the the other main show that they put on. We didn't get a chance to see that. And there was one other experience that we really wanted to do, but somehow we missed it on the, on the planner. They have a, um, you, you go into 270 and you, um, it's called a silent disco. Mm-hmm. And they, everybody who's in there is given a set of headphones and you choose one or two or three different channels. And then you hear your music in there. 
when people are out there dancing, it's kind of fun to sit back and watch them dancing because you don't know what they're hearing because <laughs> one person could be listening to this song and one person is listening to the electric slide and they're doing electric slide dance or different things like that. So it was kind of fun to watch people dancing without any music and, and that type of stuff. And um, uh, we wanted to participate in it, but uh, we didn't get a chance to. We just kind of got... Uh, you know, had a chance to observe it, so we thought it was good. Yeah, any any bumper cars or uh, North Star or skydiving? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, the other. You asked me in the beginning why I I booked this. The other one is I'm a big flow rider person. Uh, I basically cruise to flow ride because I love it so much. And one of my bucket lists was to be able to you know, be on the flow rider. While you while in front of a glacier, <laughs> oh, cool. uh, so so I got awesome. to yeah, rode the flow rider every day. Um, uh, uh, I fly. We had a chance to the way Royal's been doing the I fly reservations. They make a small amount available uh, pre cruise, and then if you didn't get it, then you can get in line uh, day one of the cruise, and it books up pretty quickly. Uh, they only allow one time on the iFly per person per sailing because uh, it's just that popular. So I did get a chance to do the iFly. I personally didn't enjoy that. Uh, it was just a personal thing, but my whole family went. Uh, the biggest thing for us is um, my youngest daughter. She's six, and we weren't sure if she was going to do it or not. She kept saying no. We kept saying yes, no, and yes, and no, and no, and but uh, a crew member that was an instructor that, that took care of it was outstanding. Um, he was super engaging with our daughter, and he was able to convince her uh, to give it a try. And it was just absolutely enjoyable to see her once she got out there. She had a big, huge smile on her face and just absolutely loved it. So it was a great family experience for all of us to do that with the iFly. and uh, highly recommend it. North Star, uh, we did the North Star uh, one time, um, if we, it was <laughs> interesting, uh, we were about ready to get on it, and uh, we had to have an emergency Coast Guard helicopter evacuation at sea happen while we were on the sailing. And uh, so our, our North Star was delayed because they obviously weren't going to let the North Star go up in the air when there's going to be a helicopter around. And, and uh, so once we got that taken care of, we went up in the North Star and uh, a fun trivia item that we learned uh, is that there's actually a bathroom toilet in the North Star that people don't know about. It's down below, and we, we talked to the, the crew members. What's that for? I said, well, it's because there are times when it's been people have been stuck up there, and, and just in case someone gets really, really nervous or has to go, uh, they have the ability to go in the bathroom, which we thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, so we, we, we did that and had fun with that. That's something you really wouldn't think of, would you? No, you wouldn't. No, not at all. And so we got into all the facts around, you know, how what's the wind speed that they can't go up in. And, you know, he talked about it's 40 miles an hour is the maximum wind speed that they can't go up in. And he was talking about he was up once and, and it was like 36 when they went up. But when when the time they got all the way up, it, it, it had uh, went up to like 44 miles per hour, and he said that's not a fun time to be up there in in this you know, thing hanging in the air. And, and so it was just interesting to talk to them, and, uh, and we enjoyed that. Uh, uh, you had the ability to book that one also pre-cruise or when you get on, and they also had times where uh, you could um, uh, uh, just get in line and first come first serve. So we, that so that was pretty good. So some people got a chance to ride it uh, multiple times. Uh, the only thing we didn't, I, I personally didn't like, is the 
the day that we were in front of uh, uh, the glacier, uh, it would be a great time to do that. Uh, they put an upcharge uh, on the North Star for that period of time, which was basically a six-hour period when they were transitioning up to and then away from uh, the glacier, and they were charging fifty dollars a person wow. uh, to do to use North Star <laughs> um, uh, for that. And people were paying it, so and, uh, and apparently we learned that you get the extra added experience is obviously where you were at, but uh, that's the only time where the North Star uh, swung out. You know, normally it goes up and down, and sometimes it can swing out on the side of the ship. Um, and that's the only time where it also swung out uh, on the side of the ship is uh, on the pay-for-enhanced experience uh, that they were offering. But we did not do that. Uh, we didn't think that was something we wanted to do. So does it cost money now to do, um, like, iFly and the North Star regularly? iFly is free all the time. Flow riders free, okay. no charge. Bumper cars are no charge. Uh, the, uh, apparently there's, there's just this enhanced experience on North Star which for the Alaska uh, trips is the they're doing it the day that you travel in to see the glacier. Otherwise, uh, it, um, there's no charge. Let's talk about the sea days. How was it as far as crowds and congestion around the ship? I thought it was really good. You know, it's Alaska is one of those you never know what the weather's going to be, and people never know what they want to do. So it was uh, the the pool decks were were good. Uh, the weather was. I would say I would give it on the above average side as far as you know, we just really had great weather every day. Um, you know, to some people it may have been a little chilly, and it certainly was, but it, it was sunny out and nice. And you know, so that to me, the reason I mentioned that just is that the pool deck seemed to have occasionally there would be hard to find chairs, but it, you didn't have to wait too long, and you'd be able to find the spots and. Uh, just that people seem to be able to, you know, it, it's just kind of like Oasis, even though there's 5,000 patients and this, I think there's 4,000. Uh, the, the ship does an outstanding job of distributing people, and uh, we had no problems with the crowds anywhere uh, up on the, the pool deck areas. Uh, they have an indoor covered area as well, and that didn't even seem that crowded. Uh, again, the weather was nice, so the, the, there wasn't a bunch of people trying to you know, get out of the rain or stay warm. So it, it, it did a good job of spreading the people out. I imagine if the weather wasn't good, it, it may have been a different experience. Yeah. What was the uh, smoke situation like in and around the casino? I didn't smell it at all around the casino. Uh, you know, we even walking through it a couple times that we did. Uh, you know, they they kind of put it down in an area where it's not in. You don't have to uh, traverse through it to get from point A to B. If you happen to be down there, you can. Uh, so I actually thought of all the ships that I've been on, I thought the smoking situation uh, in the casino uh, was 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 actually very very good and not not problematic at all. Royal, I know, and I think a lot of crew the port side of the ship on the pool deck is a smoking area and and i kind of found that that was too much area on the port side was uh dedicated to that and uh, that was a little bit of frustrating especially in the uh in the covered area when you have a covered area and the smoke comes in and there so to me the that that was more problematic than what you know, uh than, than the casino as far as smoking Let's talk about the ports of call you went to, and what we'll do here is just uh, give us the port of call uh, and give us a highlight, then we'll move to the next one. Sure. Uh, we went the first stop we went to after leaving Seattle was uh, Juno. We were there from uh, twelve o'clock until nine, so a good, good, good amount of time. Uh, we, as we decided, since it was uh, our friends of ours' first cruise, we we booked uh, 
third-party uh, private helicopter experience uh, uh, and went on a helicopter trip and got a chance to walk out and spend some time on uh, one of the glaciers off of the Juneau Ice Field. And it was just an amazing experience. So we had done something similar you know, many, many years ago in our first Alaska cruise. So it was great to do that again. And then when we got back after that, uh, they pick you up uh, right there by the port and take you out to the airfield and bring you back to where they dropped you off. And then we just spent some time uh, playing shopping tourist in, in the town of Juneau. Uh, we had wanted to go out to uh, Mendenhall, which is a, a glacier, which is basically you know, walkable. You can walk to it. Uh, when we were in the last time we were in Alaska was 10 years ago, and you used to be able to take the, the Juneau City bus out to the to the Mendenhall Glacier Park and uh, and then for very economical, and then you can walk around. Well, apparently they don't let the city bus go in as far, and so all the private tours, and we thought the private tours to go out there were, were kind of expensive to just uh, go out there, so we didn't get a chance to uh, go out to Mendenhall Glacier like we had planned. And then where did you go next? After Juneau, the next day we went to Skagway, Alaska, uh, which is a real small town, uh, kind of an old mining. Uh, it's, its popularity came from uh, back in the, the gold rush, back in the early 1900s when the gold rush happened. That's where everybody would come in off of the water and, and start their land hike to get up into where the gold was at. And uh, The excursion we did there was uh, through a, a third-party company, uh, for uh, and we did it. It was basically called the Chilkoot hike and float. And what that was, we took a, a, a car ride, van ride out to uh, this area called Daia. Um, and then from there, we took a hike on the Chilkoot Trail, which is the trail the miners took way back when to start their hike up in there. And so we m- hiked uh, two miles. You do about a half a mile up a pretty steep. Uh, you know, uh, side of the mountain, and then you half a mile back down, and a you know really enjoyable mile walk. And uh, we had an outstanding uh, uh, guide. You know, she was her name was Becca, and she did an outstanding job uh, with all the the different things because it is a uh, it's not a tropical rainforest; it's a temperate rainforest. But it is because it is a rainforest. There's a lot of neat stuff in there. And, and the kids really, really loved that, so they enjoyed the hike. And then after you're done, you know, for you know, a few hours of hiking, uh, we hopped in a river raft and uh, uh, rafted back down uh, a glacier river and, and, and then got out and went back to town. That sounds really cool. Where would you go next? After that uh, was uh, the uh, cruise went to what's called Endicott Arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, an inlet area that... Uh, uh, it has at the end of it uh, Dawes Glacier, so you know different cruise ships going to different places. You may hear you know, obviously Glacier Bay and Hubbard Glacier. This is called Dawes Glacier, and we went in there uh, to, to that was our glacier. That you can't get off the ship in there. Some people think it's a port, but not. It's not. You basically just it's it's on the itinerary, you know, because they 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 spend the, the morning going in and going out, and it was pretty cool. It was absolutely there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Beautiful sun. Uh, it's the best glacier day I've ever had as far as uh, weather-wise. Again, that was when the, the top of the ship was the most crowded because everybody's on, on the top of the ship looking. And the way it worked is he got in there and uh, he got pretty close. I think I watched some pictures of most previous sailings that he had been getting a little closer. You know, it's all, obviously ice is a very uh, fluid thing with the ship, so they have to watch that. But he got pretty close. And then once he got into an area, he spun the ship around at least twice. I 
where he basically you know just spins it around, um, lets people on you know stay in their balcony or whatever it is, and and then after he does that, turns around and and heads back out, and and then after that, uh, you do that starting probably about seven six or seven in the morning until about you know eleven o'clock or twelve, and then after that it's a sea day. And then the last stop that we had after uh, is uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. The ship stops there for this. So we got a chance to uh, do uh, some local touring around the town of Victoria and, and just uh, enjoyed ourselves there. And then right after Victoria is basically like Seattle the next morning? Correct. Okay. Yeah, Victoria's the last day. You have to stop in a foreign. That's the whole foreign port yeah. <laughs> uh, requirement that you know the cruise ships have to do. Wow! It sounds like you had an amazing cruise. It was absolutely amazing. We just uh, you know uh, this was our fifth Alaska cruise. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's our favorite thing to do. And if it wasn't for the flight and the fact that Alaska cruises are traditionally more expensive, we'd probably do it more often than Caribbean cruises. But uh, it, we, it had been 10 years since we had done it, so it was a perfect opportunity to get back up there, and and we just absolutely loved it. How, great weather. We'd never been this early. We had done one in August, a couple in July, mm-hmm. uh, and then one in uh, early September. And, you know, so I wanted to do one a little bit in the June to see how the weather was and the wildlife. And you know, we got a chance to see an awful lot of wildlife uh, I happened to be walking into my cabin. My girls were just sitting there on the couch, and I walked in into the cabin. And as I looked out the balcony, literally a whale breached, and you know, not the tail, but the whole whale came up out of the water, little baby whale, and right there in front of our cabin, and we all oh, freaked cool. out, and you know that type of thing. So it was just a, it was just an amazing experience. How was debarkation? It was the smoothest I've ever had on any cruise ship. Uh, uh, we got up, we had uh, breakfast at Coastal Kitchen, a friend of ours had breakfast in the main dining room, and we met at 8.30, and we literally just walked off the ship. It was so easy, and, and they were walking off ahead of their luggage, their luggage was already there, and it, it was the easiest thing we ever had, and we used the same shuttle uh, service that, that brought us to the pier, mm-hmm. same thing, they can come in and pick you up right there, uh, so they met us right there at a, at a spot where, again, if you wanted to take Uber or uh, Lyft, you'd have to walk your luggage out to the same area where they would have dropped you off at, uh, and then they took us back to uh, our hotel. Nice. I want to go back a couple of minutes, and because you have two daughters, what do they think of the kids' program? Very good question. My, my oldest daughter absolutely loves it. Uh, she never wants to leave. You know, Our biggest complaint with Royal uh, is with the kids' program is that they have hours in which uh, they close it. <laughs> my my oldest uh, would love to just stay in there. And her big thing is to actually stay there late. She likes to be the last one getting out of it. So my oldest loves it. Uh, my youngest, once she's in there, she absolutely has a great time. So they do a really, really good job. Um, and the, what was different for them, they really just enjoyed was they had friends of theirs who were exactly their age. So so they really had a great time and, and, and enjoyed themselves. And you know, it's a small areas, but they do a good job of mixing up the activities. And, and they they had a great time, and the staff was outstanding. So yeah, nice. Do you have any tips to offer for ovation of the seas in Alaska? Yes, if you uh, don't get a chance to uh, book uh, iFly or Northstar pre-cruise, uh, you know, again, like I said, they pop up. Uh, uh, you know, on, and the world doesn't announce it. So if you're on discussion boards or Facebook groups, pay attention. Someone's always usually watching. Uh, jump on them. But if you miss it, uh, don't worry. The first day of the cruise, you can make iFly reservations and uh, Northstar reservations. 
and there's lots of availability on first day. You may have to stand in line to do that. So think about that. Uh, like I said, North Star does have uh, um, first come, first serve. So if you don't uh, get any reservations or not sure when you want to do it, uh, look in the, the, the compass and and look for uh, times where they do first come, first serve uh, for North Star. You know, I mentioned the fun fact about the toilet, so <laughs> um, that, that type of thing. But uh, you know, it's a it's a great cruise ship. Like I said, lots of activity. You know, it's probably you know, like like Oasis class. You're not going to be able to do it all in one sailing. But if you can, you know, you'll be pretty exhausted at the end yeah. of your cruise because you can do a lot of things. Scott, did you uh, get the internet package or the drink package by chance? Did not get the drink package. We did get the refreshment package. Uh, my wife did. She's a big uh, coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the refreshment package is basically coffee, virgin frozen drinks, waters, fresh squeezed orange juice, and I think there's a couple other things on there. Uh, she got that. Oh, the soda. And so they have uh, freestyle machines on board. So uh, she got that. But I didn't get a drink package because we were in a suite. One of the sweet benefits is everybody in the cabin gets the internet, and that's part of the you know you don't pay for that. So we had the uh, internet as part of being a suite. Uh, and then the other thing is we're diamond members with Royal Caribbean, which means we get uh, access to the diamond lounge, which has drinks in the evening, and then the suite lounge also had drinks. So we had plenty of opportunity for drinks to get to in the evening. And if you don't get to the lounge because we're diamond members, we get three free drinks. Uh, out in the bars throughout the ship. So we had plenty of opportunity to take advantage of that and use up those drinks in the evening. Well, in closing here, Scott, final thoughts of Ovation of the Seas. If you haven't done Alaska, I say do it. It's just a wonderful experience. It's it's, it's ever-changing, but yet still always awe-inspiring and loved it. You know, if you like big ships, uh, you know, if you're a big ship person, you would definitely do Ovation. She's coming back next year. And, you know, I don't know what, you know, future years, but definitely Ovation's a great ship to do. Uh, But if you don't like big ships, then uh, Radiance. uh, Radiance has been uh, another one of Royal ships. That's the one we had been on previously up in Alaska. And I highly recommend Radiance class and Radiance of the Seas uh, for there. But basically, my biggest uh, final thought is if you haven't done it, do it. If you want to do it again, absolutely do it again because it's just a – it's just a wonderful, to me, it's what cruising is all about, where you're at sea and seeing things, and, and then, you know, it, 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 just, a, just a wonderful experience. We've been talking with Scott about Scott Parker, which, by the way, random, like, I wonder if we're related somewhere <laughs> down the line, right? Uh, yeah, not related, but, you know, in name only. Yeah. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. You're welcome. You have a great one. Thank you. As I said at the top of the show, I welcome your reviews. If you would like to share one, Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, Craiger, it's your turn. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash cruise. Choose from over 150,000 titles delivered straight to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or tablet at audibletrial.com slash cruise. 